On this episode of Building Your Wealth Muscle, I was invited by Adam Benia to his studio contest prep center where his company, Team Elite Physique, specializes in competition prep in the bikini category. I was in his podcast studio and we really dove into some of the things like one, what's taken him to be one of the most winning bikini competition coaches in the world, as well as what he feels it takes to succeed if you're going to be coaching people who are aspiring to be on the pro stages. So I hope you enjoy this episode and you can take a lot from Adam's expertise and advice for those who are just starting out. Thank you and enjoy the show. Welcome to Building Your Wealth Muscle, a podcast about building and protecting wealth for online health and fitness coaches. Each episode, we're going to break down different topics in the areas of business, finance, and tax, and how they pertain to your coaching business. Disclaimer, the topics covered in this podcast are for educational purposes only. This is not advice for your specific situation. Please consult a qualified financial or tax professional before making changes to your financial or tax situation. Now, here's your host, certified financial planner, Pat Darby. Welcome back to uh, this episode of Building Your Wealth Muscle. I'm joined with Adam Benia in his amazing podcast studio. Adam, very nice to have you on with me. Yeah, thanks very much for coming down here. Appreciate it. Now, this is great for those that are listening on Spotify. You can't see how cool the studio is, but uh, I think you said you just recently built it. Yeah, yeah. We've been doing our podcast for a couple of years now, a little over a couple of years, and then we just reformatted an office to make it more of a podcast thing because it's, it's actually working out pretty good, the podcast thing. So <laughs> That's awesome. Well, let's dive right in. Um, Adam runs Team Elite Physique. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into that. Yeah, so I I just got it. I got into um, so Team Elite Physique is basically a big like contest prep team. We have uh, nine coaches on the team. Um, you know, athlete wise, we could have you know in the the upper hundreds of athletes. Never never in the thousands, but in the upper upper hundreds of athletes, we're one of the most competitive teams like on the uh, in the world. I think we actually had the most uh, pro bikini wins out of any team in the world for the last three years in a row. So that's, that's kind of cool. Definitely our specialty. Um, but yeah, no, I, I got into it uh, kind of on accident. It wasn't really anything intentional to get into. I just always loved bodybuilding. Um, and then I started working in a gym, you know, I started working in a supplement store and then working in a gym. And then the next thing, you know, like, you know, 20, two years later, <laughs> we're, uh, we're here, you know, that's basically, you know, it's, it's, um, I was talking to someone about it once and they're like, yeah, it's kind of like an accidental entrepreneur. And I was like, yeah, it definitely wasn't intentional. That's for sure. So how did you go into this specific niche when you were already you know, in the fitness business? Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um, so I was always into bodybuilding, right. And then I was a personal trainer um, and I started, so I worked in supplement stores at 16 and then I started kind of working with bodybuilders. Um, and I was always just kind of like a loner kid and it just, it, I still, I still am. Like I just kind of keep to myself. It's just kind of how I am. And, but I always really wanted to get, um, the respect of like the bodybuilders of my peers and whatnot. And that's who I thought was like, you know, when I was like 14, I thought those are the cool guys, you know, bodybuilders are the cool guys. So when I was like 16, I started working in supplement stores and then the way that I would kind of get, I guess, my respect from them and kind of like become friends with them was I would help them with their like nutrition programs and, and things like that and supplements and whatnot. And I was really researched on it. And that's, it was like, my reward was I was terrible in school. 
but I was really good at my researching what I do. And um, I would read all these books and all these research papers and all these things that no one else was reading back then because no one really, I mean, there wasn't even really internet back then. It was in 1998, you know, when I was doing that. And so um, what happened was, you know, I started helping people get ready for shows. It was, it was a bigger challenge. And it was always, for me, it's always more and more and more, like trying to do better. Never in like a financial way, but in a um, try to win way, you know? Okay. And so challenge yourself way, be better. And so the the highest level of fitness, you know, at first it was just, okay, get people fit, get people a six pack. So the first was like, get people to lose weight. Then it was like, get people a six pack. Then it was like, get people absolutely peeled. And then it was like, win a bodybuilding show, right? That would be the pinnacle of my, of me learning this stuff and, and proving that I'm superior as a coach, right? Type of thing or superior as a trainer. It was always like this thing I had to prove to myself. And so um, when I started doing that and doing it more, it, um, it was really rewarding. I became the cool guy, you know? And so it was like his self reward. The money was like, who cared? But the, the being the guy that everyone wanted to go to, that was like, that was cool. Cause no one, I didn't have any real friends or anything like that. I just worked in supplement stores and, and was at the gym. So that was like <laughs> so rewarding for me. It was like, that was like triple the pay. And then, um, I got pretty good at it after a certain point. Cause I was just trying to be better. And then, um, when I was bodybuilding myself, part of the reason why I learned so much was, um, I was, I was, I always say I was a really shitty bodybuilder, you know, that's what happened was I was a shitty bodybuilder and I knew I had to learn more than everyone else in order for me to have some advantage. And so that's how it kind of started. You know, I was like, okay, I'm not genetically, I'm a small guy. I'm never going to be that big, but if I'm smarter than everyone and I can use better practices than them, maybe that's how I can catch up. And it never really worked out. I did okay as a competitor, but it really worked out for everyone around me who did have the genetics and it just kind of went from there. And then, um, one day years down the road, it was like 11 years, 12 years down the road. Um, yeah, it's like 12, gosh, 14 years down the road, counting supplement store. Yeah. 14 years down the road from 1998, they started bikini in like 2011, 2012. Um, or no, sorry, 2009, they started bikini. And then 2010 and 11 is when I started kind of getting big in bikini, which was not supposed to happen. I didn't, it was funny because I was used to getting these guys, like these bodybuilders, I was used to getting them you know, jacked and shredded for a show. And it was so hard and so technical. And then when bikini came out and it started coming around my way, um, which is like 11, um, it was so easy to me. It was like the easiest thing. Interesting. Yeah. And, and then what happened was we won like all the local shows, like the state show, we won Miss Colorado and all these things. And we were just destroying it in bikini. And everyone's like, how are you doing so good in bikini? I was like, dude, it's so easy. Like what was, what was the difference that you were like, this is easy. Well, with, um, with bodybuilding, you need someone to be as big, as lean as possible. And with bikini, you don't need someone to be that lean and that big, that muscular. They just need to look like a fitness model, you know? So I didn't need to grind these people out and crush them to get ready for a show. I just needed them to be in shape and look like a fitness model. So for me, that was like I'm, my preps, what I was used to, I was used to these preps. Like when they would get on stage was like eight weeks before the bodybuilders would get on stage. Like the difference was half, you know, at that wow. time. Now, now that's a little harder, but back then it was, they were softer. Now they're, they're harder. Now the girls are pretty much like, they look like figure competitors on the bikini stage. But back then it was like so easy, you know, and it was just destroying it. <laughs> so back in 2011, what was the difference of body fat percentage between the bodybuilding women you were helping and the bikini women you were helping? Um, the, so the bodybuilders, a good bodybuilder would be 
a true percentage of body fat, like not a BS. <laughs> I'm on, you know, my social media body fat. These, <laughs> these bodybuilders are like, oh, I'm 3%. I'm like, dude, you've never been 3%. Like you've, <laughs> you're not even for a day has pretty much any of these bodybuilders been 3%. So they always say that. Um, it's so, it's so dumb. The, it, like a, if you're shredded as a bodybuilder, you're like five and a half, six percent. Like that's men and women or men, men it peeled, peeled bodybuilders. And then if you're a, a woman, um, these days, like in bikini, you might get a bikini competitor down to like 12, 13%, but usually it's like 13, 14%. And, um, and they need a lot less muscle. It's still hard because it's smaller people, you know, doing yeah. similar things. Um, but back then it was like 18%, 17%. And so it was, for me, it was like, I can have you walk around like this all year. And other guys were struggling with it because they were like training them like bodybuilders. And I was like, you know, you're training it the wrong way. But it wasn't on social media. So no one really knew how to train them, you know. And so I kind of fell into my own niche. Um, I didn't intend on being like a bikini coach, you know. Now I do mostly bikini and men's physique, but like 70% bikini, if not a little bit more. Um, but it's just you kind of, it kind of picks you, you know. We won the Miss Colorado. And then the next year we went back to the Colorado State Championships and then we had, there were six girls who won their class and we had five of them were ours. And then everyone was like, bikini is just, that's just his thing. And then all of a sudden we just took over Colorado. We broke every record in Colorado, 36 team championships. We had like, it was, it was almost, it wasn't even fun. That's so why I went to <laughs> actually moved to Nevada for like a bigger challenge. It's actually a lot harder out here than it was in Colorado, to be honest. Um, in terms of like the coaches are, they're better out here. So, so a lot of those shows were state only. You weren't competing with the Nevada competitors. Um, they would come in, they would come in, but it was a lot less. So it'd be like 90% local type of thing. And then, um, but yeah, we go to nationals and all that stuff too, and get, get pros and whatnot. But, but mainly, you know, back then you weren't really, you were kind of like a local hero, you know, you weren't trout, you weren't known around the world. That wasn't like a thing. Um, because there was no social media wasn't that big, you know, yeah. it like was just starting. And then it was just like Facebook and, and no one, you didn't really get to like know people on Facebook. It wasn't like Instagram for some reason. And so on Facebook, you would have your friends yeah. and you might follow someone, but it wasn't like, it wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't the same. Like it wasn't that way, you know? And then when Instagram hit, like, and then it started, it was like in 2012, I think it was. Um, when that hit and then a couple years down the road, I started with Instagram too. And then a couple years down the road, like all these people started knowing who I was. And I was like, that's weird. It's like, cause I'm used to just my, my gym knows who I am. Maybe my state, because I always do good at these shows, the local shows. But um, all of a sudden, it was like I was going to big shows, and people would be like, "Oh, I listen, I follow you on Instagram, I follow you on YouTube, or whatever." And I was like, "That's kind of crazy. Like our <laughs> our reach is different now than it used to be." And it was like the world was getting smaller and smaller, you know. And then, um, yeah, the next thing you know, like we're you know one of the top teams in the world, you know. So it's kind of crazy. That's that's pretty fascinating. So if you don't mind explaining, what's the difference between like you are a team versus someone else who's just showing up. Like, yeah. So, um, so it's now everyone's competing with themselves. Right. But think of the, I guess the difference would be if, uh, if like you're a good wrestler and you just go and show up to a meet one day, or if you're wrestling for like a high school team or a college team, like there's just camaraderie behind it. There's a group of coaches. They all follow similar ideology. You're all trained similarly um, you have like an ideology behind the group and the team and, um, the camaraderie of the group and the team. So you just have like a support system, but it's, it's a proven method, you know, too, is the difference too, versus like one coach, one athlete only, 
um, you know, that might be a good situation. I mean, in that situation, the argument would be they might get more time with that coach yeah. because there's not a, you know, he's not managing a bunch of people, but the argument for the more advanced coaches is, well, they get to go through way more reps, you know, while they're doing, you know, four preps a year, I'm doing 400, you know, right. type of thing. And I could see patterns way easier. I know what the trends are happening. I know what happened last time with whatever. It's just, it's just now it's really easy, you know, to, to do it and see what's, what's going on. So yeah, from your podcast I've listened to, um, I find it interesting because you also you also evaluate them on like their pictures and what they've done in previous competitions. So a lot of what you do is prep, is yeah, contest prep. Um, probably seventy percent is what I do is prep. If if not, um, and even my transformation people, they are like. A lot of them, I would say like half of my transformation people are like, one day I want to do a show maybe, or I want to look like a competitor, but not be a competitor, which is cool. I, I like, actually like transformations more than prep. It's, it's less, it's, there's no time-based deadline. There's no stress. If all of a sudden you don't get results one week because the body just didn't give you results, you're not like in panic mode trying to catch up to hit that deadline, like things like that. But the real reason I like it more too is because like you could change someone's life with a transformation. Um, you know, I've had some crazy ones where I have 100 plus pound people where they're like, you know, their life is different now. With prep, it's cool because you get to challenge yourself and you get to compete against other coaches. And that's what I like about it because I don't compete anymore. So that's my way of competing. I have a good friend up north in Canada and me and him are always like fighting each other. We are like really good friends, but I'm always like, I'm going to beat you this year, bitch. And he's like, I'm going <laughs> to beat you this year. And we're like, and it's like, it's just like a, a, that's how we compete, you know? Um, so with, with, uh, you know, transformations you get to change someone's life and then with um with the coaching you get to like get your inner competitiveness out and that makes you better so that when you know it's that makes you better whenever you can have someone that pushes you you know it makes you better because you're trying to beat him and then you're trying to learn more and okay what am i gonna do this year to take that guy out you know so it's it's a that's a, and then i use that for transformations it makes me better as transformation too so so how do you evaluate winning versus your your buddy there like is <laughs> is it just the number of girls who take a certain amount of trophies or how do you yeah so there's not really like a set marker it's really like a and me and him are we you know we'll move so fast that it's like per show type of thing you know like very cool yeah like we're at usa's together and if we have someone in the same class we're both trying to inch each other out and win the pro card at the usa's but if he's it's kind of funny because like if he's got like only one girl in that class and i don't have any girls in that class or whatever like i'm rooting for his people too that's cool and so like we want to go one and two like but he wants to go one and he wants me to go two and it's right. the same thing for me so it's kind of like but we're we're definitely competitive you know we want to win and so um that's that's kind of how you define it but there's not like at the end of the year you can add up different things if you wanted to but it's not we don't really go into it that far it's just like that day what we're doing trying to just win all the time you know so if you were to talk to a fitness coach who was like yeah i want to get into more of that business model like the team approach training competitors is there any any advice you would give them if they were like this is what i want to do um well I would say it just depends on why they're doing it. I'd say, okay, you know, because the problem is, is people think it's really glamorous, which it is, you know, it has its, it has its perks, you know, but, um, the amount of work that goes into it, I would, I would have them come here and watch me for a day. I would say, you know, get, good luck. <laughs> I would say it's tough, man. It's not, it's not an easy thing to do, you know, cause it's not just when you start bringing on, you know, more team and more people and, 
you have to now train your coaches and make sure the ideology is there and check up on their clients. And you got to make sure, you know, like there's just a lot that goes into it. It turns into a whole nother animal um, if you wanted to go that route. And quality control is really, really hard. So, um, but I would say. Quality would, control of your team that's doing the, the sub coaching. Yeah. And the athletes, really the athletes, that's what it comes down to. Okay. If you're, and that's the thing, if you're, if my business model is win, that's it. That's the business model. If I win and I keep winning, we'll keep getting clients. It's very simple. You know, so if, and if that means that everyone needs to win, not just me, all the clients need to win. Right. So yeah, it, it's like, you know, I don't care about the, the finances, the, this, the, that, what are we, are we winning? That's the, that's the question. Are you winning? If you're winning, everything's going to be fine. You know, that's it. But it's a high standard, you know, to constantly have to win. Yeah. That's not an easy thing. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, if they wanted to do it, I would say just make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. You know, yeah, you can grow your paycheck, but it's not really, you know, it, it might not really be worth it, you know, if you're not happy doing it that way. Um, if you're chasing the dollar, you're, it's going to be obvious. And, and this is a business of passion, you know. Yeah. Um, of course, the money will follow it, but it is definitely a business of passion. So if they're really, really passionate about it and you want to get a team going, I would say start off by bringing multiple people to one show and seeing how hard that is to manage. And then if you can still have five people at a show and all five win their class, then then you're on the right route. And then the next time, try to put 10 in the next show, you know, and try to build it that way and then slowly do it and then bring on an assistant and then, you know, and try yourself. You got to go up to the upper levels, you know, go to, you know, make sure you're doing the right job. Can you develop a professional? Can you get someone to the pro level? If not, there's kind of no point of doing it, you know? Like if I've seen some coaches like years and can't get a pro card and I'm like, what you know, you're, you shouldn't, yeah, you shouldn't be having a team yet. If if you're trying to build a team and you can't get a pro, like a pro, you know? So, um, you know, and then you got now, how are you going to do at the pro level? What are the standards? And then you start applying. And once you get used to the pro level and you start applying those standards to the amateurs, then it's like game over. Like you just destroy everyone all the time. Yeah. So that's all you actually kind of answered one of the questions. So if you're a coach who's like, I want to do this, the criteria, for lack of a better term, would be bring one of your clients to pro. That's the bar, I guess, that's set by you and all your competitors. Like someone shouldn't be competing in that class per se if they haven't already brought brought someone to the uh, pro level. Yeah, I mean, if you're you're trying to build a team up, you got to – the thing is – no one's going to hire you to have a team worth of people unless you're putting out good work. Yeah. That's why the business model always runs to the same thing. Win, you know? Right. It's not your marketing. It's not your Instagram. And a lot of these girls, it's like they th- put their butts up on Instagram. Like that's not going to do anything for you. People like it. Girls like it. You know, they want to have a butt like that. But in the competition world of it, it's just win. That's it. You know, that's it's literally it. Our, uh, our slogan is persistently pursuing perfection, you know? And so it's this a constant evolution. And when I think I reached it, then like something happens and then I have to do it again. Like this year is probably one of more, more challenging years for me in, in challenging uh, myself because the trend started changing a little bit in bikini. And now I'm trying something completely new this year. And so, because I want, we did really good last year. We, had, we won more than, any, more than any team in pro bikini wins. We had that. Um, we won the, the, the UK Arnold, Ashley won a bunch of shows, um, top three in the world. And like, it was, it was a good year, but even with that, which is what everyone else would be like, dude, that's killed it. Why would you, I'm like, no, there's something missing. Like, you know, there's, I can see it and I can see it. And I'm like, and I've actually had a meeting with, um, Anya a little earlier today about it. 
and I, about like the plans of how we need to be bringing in amateurs just slightly different this year versus last year. And so it's a, and now I'm trying that, which is going to be, you know, it's, it's always a constant, uh, um, how, how far is too far to push it. So, so let's talk about the trends. Cause I know you mentioned one of your podcasts and I think you brought it up a few minutes ago in 2011, you could get away with a win, a significantly different body fat. Oh, than yeah. Now, how do you, how do you spot the trends or what, what criteria do you take this? Like, like you said, like on paper, you did amazing and you're like, no, to next year we're doing something different. Yeah. So with judging or how do you, what, yeah, it's, it comes down to following the shows. Um, so that's another thing about like getting a team. Like when someone wants to have a team, you have to keep up with the trends all the time. And so, um, the good thing is with like my crew here is I'm at a lot of pro shows and as things start evolving and changing, like you better be able to pick up on them. And that's what, that's what always sets us apart is that I'm at so many shows and so many pro shows, I can look at the criteria and like what's changing and know right away, like what changed, you know, all of a sudden last year, the girls started like bringing their arms in closer together and not opening their arm up a little bit so much in the front too. In the back pose, they're closer. I'm pushing harder in the glutes, a little bit wider stance in the legs, like little things like that. And it's so little, it's so minute. It's like an inch here and an inch there. And then all of a sudden, like, you're like, oh, everyone's doing that. And so now, right. So I'm doing it at the pro level. The pro judges are judging the amateur shows too. And then I get to the amateur stage using pro techniques. And all of a sudden my girls are look like pros and the other people don't. So I'm winning, not necessarily always on body, usually on body. That's like usually it, but we can out like pose someone and we can out pro someone at an amateur level too, because we keep up with the trends. And so that's going to be the thing about being, um, wanting to be a, a, like a bigger coach or have a team. Um, you have to go to a lot of shows. And so that's a lot of it does come down to, to like, you know, budgeting too. Cause when you're traveling to all these shows, it's pretty expensive, you know, sure. like I'll spend, you know, a couple grand a show, you know, just to go there for a couple of days, trainer pass, hotels, all that. Uh, flights. And so you're, you know, I'm talking, you know, two shows a month and it's like 40 grand a year, 50 grand a year on just shows and backstage passes and things like that. And it's like a lot of these guys can't even, you know, can't afford to do that yet to get to that level. It's almost like an education you're paying for to, to, to be better and stay on top of it type of thing. And you don't see it in video and you don't see those little things in video that much. You, just, you see the big obvious things, but you don't see the little things because we're talking an inch here and there. And on, on video, it's like a millimeter, you know? And so you're talking about in person is when you're scouting these changes. changes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Constant, constant. Unfortunately, I wish it would just stop bodybuilding. It's been the same forever. You know, bodybuilding is the same poses, you know, the, the posing, men and women just, it's just not changing. The posing is going to be the same, you know, like the, there might be a little tricks here and there that might, you might, they might figure out that might be a little better, but it's not like it's the same mandatory poses, you know, with bikini, it's like, there is no mandatory pose. It's just front and back. So it's like these girls are pushing hard. They're pushing less. They're, doing all these little tricks. And then once you, once you get six months behind and you show up to a show and your girls are doing six month old posing and everything changed, like you look, you're not going to win, you know, it doesn't matter what she looks like. And that's a disservice to your client. So it's, you know, these are all these little things that people don't know about. And a lot of coaches don't even know about this. They're going to hear this and be like, Oh, I didn't even know that was a thing. I'm like, yeah, all the time. <laughs> well, I think it was interesting. And again, the people listening may already know this, but you had mentioned on your own podcast, there's muscles that you don't even train your clients in. Oh yeah. Cause they're not sure. relevant to what they're doing. So 
Yeah, to bikini or, or whatever. Yeah, especially with bikini division. And the same thing with, with other divisions in not so much in the other divisions, but um but yeah, if you look at bikini, you know, the bikini isn't and what's the thing about bikini is bikini for people who don't know because it's a different type of podcast, it's like the ultimate fitness model look. Like the ultimate fitness model look that you can have. And um that doesn't necessarily mean you need a jacked back to be a fitness model. You don't need jacked quads or arms, you know? So you need to have the illusion of balance, um, but you don't necessarily need perfect balance. You need the illusion of balance, which is very different than balance. So you look at a bodybuilder, they have balance. Their, you know, shoulders, their arms, their back chest, everything's perfectly balanced and symmetrical. And you just bring them in as hard and as ripped as you can. And, and if they're the most symmetrical, leanest guy, they win. Very simple. With bikini, it's like you get to you get to be like a pageant mom too. Their hair, their makeup, their suit color, the contrast of that, this tan, um, and then it's the 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 illusion of balance. So you have to pose them so they can look balanced, even though they might not be balanced. Um, and then you have to develop their body in a way where nothing's overpowering. And so that might mean um, a girl with you know bigger femur bones and bigger leg muscle because of that, like it just looks bigger. Um, she might not even be training legs that much. She might be training just her glutes and a tiny pump on her quads and her arms. Maybe she's got big, big humerus or something. She's not going to train her arms at all. And she's going to train her shoulders. And, and, you know, you don't need much back. You need to have a little bit of back, but you don't need like this huge developed back because your hair is covering most of it. Right. So you use those. Yeah. You reduce certain areas and you don't train them as much. You don't need any chest for bikini. Um, so you, you take those muscles, which would have been chest on Monday, back on Tuesday, whatever, right? So we get, you get extra time and you can capture that time. Like, okay, instead of doing chest on Monday and back on Tuesday, since you don't need much of that, we're going to do glutes on Monday, shoulders on Tuesday, and then get an extra volume rotation in of those priority muscle groups that you do need. And then you could bring someone up to balance really quickly that way. And that gives us a huge advantage over girls who are like, I just want to train my chest and want to train my back. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. But if you're training for the sport, it's different than training for overall balance and fitness and and whatnot. So it's a totally different approach. So with your, when you're getting ready for prep and girls come to you and say, I want to join your program, do you, do you accept everybody? Or if somebody has, if you already have like people competing in that class, would you not take on someone new saying like, we already have that where anyone can try? Yeah, no. So we have different, uh, so we have different coaches, you know, so we have, we have uh, counting me, we have nine coaches here. Um, you know, if we've had as high as 10, 11, I don't really want to go, go any more coaches really. It's a, yeah. So I'm trying to keep our growth to like here, this is as big as I really want to be. And we'll just see what, how, what happens organically, you know? But, um, so as far as taking on, um, clients, I mean, there's really not many reasons we wouldn't take on someone now. Um, because we have regular coaches that do like transformations only too. You know, I have a, a girl in, in Denver who's been with me for five, maybe six years now. And she just wants to do transformations and she's got a, a degree in exercise and uh, minor nutrition. And, and she wants to, you know, just stay uh, with transformations. That's cool. So if like, you know, there's really not a reason why she wouldn't be able to take them on, you know, but it's just different for everyone. Like some people are booked out. Um, you know, I'm right now I'm booked out, but it, it, when someone finishes then I'll bring someone on type of thing, one in, one out at this point. And then um, Ashley, same thing, Sam, same thing. So that's the situation is like, is the trainer you want to work with available? Then yeah, we can take you on. The only time we don't like, we're like, no, we can't is if someone has a specific diet that we just don't do. Um, 
for the success of the client. We're like, eh, we're not super familiar with it. Um, so it's just not going to be our thing. You know, some girls want to like macro diet and do shows and they're like, I want to be the next Miss Olympia, but I want a macro diet. And I'm like, well, then you, those two things don't, don't go together. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, it's, you have to be realistic and like, we're not going to macro they diet. They want their like cheap meals to fit their macros. Yeah. They want to like have like the most relaxed, easiest, balanced way of doing this sport. And I'm like, this is not a sport of balance. Like, let's just get that out there right now. You know, it's not about balance in this sport. I think you should have sustainable preps where you can do it forever. I don't think you should be doing, you know, two hours of cardio and eating 800 calories or anything like that. But if you're, if you want to be the best at anything, it's not going to be comfortable. And you can't say you want to be the best at anything and expect to not go through some discomfort. Yeah. yeah like you can't say, I want to be the best in the world. And right now you get to see like on my podcast, Ashley, she's number three in the world right now. She's the most winning pro of all time. Most Olympia wins in the history of the sport for bikini and uh, most, most wins in the history of the sport period. Like beat Arnold, Dexter Jackson, all of them. She's beating all the records. And then they see it, and I'm like, and she's on her plan 100% of the time, never goes above stage weight by more than maybe seven, eight pounds, like tops, usually six. And then she never cheats on her diet. And then they're like, I want to be the next Ashley, but I want to have pizza and beer on the weekends and pizza and alcohol. And I'm like, does that not make any sense? Like, I want to be the, like, it's like me saying I want to be the next, next Elon Musk but I really want to have balance in my life and not work 12 hours a day. Yeah. I want to do that in six. I'm like, the proof is right there. What he does, he tells you he works 16 hours sometimes, Yeah, you know? And it's like, why would I, you have to be realistic with what you want in anything you do, you know? So there's no one that's ever been the best at anything who didn't suffer to some capacity to get there, you know? Right. So that's, yeah. So when someone comes to me with like a macro diet and they're like saying these things, they're like, Oh, I want to do a macro diet. I'm like, Hey, if you want to do macro in your off season, and you want to just have a balance and do transformation, like I'm all for it. Like, but I'm not going to get you an Olympia win or even a pro card at a macro diet, unless your genetics are crazy good, you know? So it's just, it just doesn't work that way, you know? So um, it's an unfortunate reality of the sport. It's hard. It's a hard sport. So. That's interesting though. So does that happen to you a lot or in that scenario, you just very realistic saying, this is what it takes. You can sign up to be on the program, but this is what it takes and let them weed themselves out if it's. I mean, it's, we don't usually have too many people quit, but I'll, I'll, I'll reassess their goals. Okay. I'll say, Hey, this is, if this is your goal, this is what you've got to do. Right. And if you're not willing to do that, then I'm sorry. Like, that's just the reality of it. I can't, I'm not, a, I'm not magic. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so that's, that's the, that's the thing. And I, I am a, the people will tell you, you know, I'm like an all, they'll be like, he's, he's, pretty upfront. Like he's pretty, he's, he's strictly business when it comes to that stuff, yeah. you know? And cause it's, it's, there's a formula of success that I've found that I know what works yeah. and I know what doesn't cause I've done it for so long. So I've seen all these guys, I've seen them. I've seen the, the scientist guys who say, Oh no, it's supposed to work. Science says this works. And I'm like, you show me a study where you're getting a bikini girl to 12% body fat with a lot of muscle. Who's got a very advanced training state. Who's you know, who, who's competing five times a year, you show me that study and then we'll talk, you know, but the reality is that these studies are all done on these like college people who are in nutrition classes and taking part of the study and they're, they're not really serious lifters. And you know how it is in college. Like how many, how many college people you think fit the criteria of a bodybuilder? You know what I mean? Right. Like it's very few. So you, these studies don't apply. So you see these guys and they, they get stuck to the science and they're like, well, because of the study, you know, he's doing it wrong because of this. And I'm like, but I'm winning so how is it wrong if I'm winning, right? Or that yeah. type of thing. And I'm very researched too. So I see the studies, but you see these guys and they never excel. 
They never excel. Some of the biggest names out there that have been doing this for like 20 years they don't have a, a single pro win because they're stuck to the science. And then and you got to understand, these are the same people that say macro diets work. There's no reason it shouldn't work. And on paper, there isn't no reason it shouldn't work. There's, it should, you know, but it doesn't. And it's been like 15 years of it, 2000, 20, 20, 22 years of it when that stuff started. And there's still not an Olympia champion that's on a macro diet. So wow. it's like, you tell me why it's not working. I can tell you, you can tell me, you can tell me it works all day long, but if you haven't won a championship with it yet, like you had, you've had an ample time, you know, it's yeah. not like the time hasn't been there. So, you know, it's just one of those weird things, you know, so it's a, it's the proof is in the pudding. So you have to, yeah, that's the, that's the thing about that, that, uh, that's a weird, the weird dynamic of our sport is you try to, you try to find the middle ground of the meathead, hardcore grind it out. And then the, the, the science that applies and not crush someone. Right. But you have to find that middle ground and you have to find what the client wants, you know, because some of these clients, they don't, they don't care. They're like, I'll do whatever it takes. If it, if you'd say, don't eat, I won't like, they're like hardcore, right? Some of them, whatever it takes to win. And then some of them are the other ones. Oh, I want to win the Olympia, but I want to have pizza, right? So you have both extremes and you have to find what works for both of them. You have to tell the girl who won't eat like, Hey, like chill a little bit. (laughs) Like, I want you to be a little bit more relaxed, you know? (laughs) And, um, you know, we'll still get there and I still want you to be hardcore, but we're going to don't worry, don't stress so much because that actually will cause them to not get results. And then you have the, the person who wants nothing but balance and can't, can't understand why she's not making progress when she messes up one week every month. And you're like, I wonder why you're not making progress. <laughs> you know, this isn't working for me. And I'm like, yeah, obviously you, you try to, we're trying to catch up every month from the yeah. one bad week you had. And you don't, you just like, they see the week and they don't see the three of progress like that they tried. Right. So it's like, it's just hard. It's a hard thing. You're managing emotion. You're starving people. Sometimes you're like, you know, it's a tough thing. So what, um, what would you change about the industry if it were up to you? If it were up to me, um, well, there's a couple things I would change, but not anything really that crazy. Um, I will say men's physique has gotten out of control and, uh, it's, it's, way? it's so it's men's physique is out of control, man. They're so big now. <laughs> I used to be a good men's physique competitor. I was never a good bodybuilder, but I was a pretty good men's physique competitor. 2012, 13, 14. I think even like all the way into 16, I think. Um, but the, uh, you know, and I wasn't like, I wasn't a big dude. I was bigger than I am now, but I wasn't like a big dude. But now, like the, the any Olympia level men's physique competitor who's like top 10 in the Olympia is bigger than... Olympia, like, like Frank Zane, Olympia winner of bodybuilding back in the day. Wow. So you're telling me I got to be bigger than the Mr. Olympia of 19, I think it was like 82 or something, uh, to, to com- just to compete as a regular level now? Wow. That's a specimen. I mean, like Frank Zane, like <laughs> that, guy's, that guy is an absolute marvel of humanity of what's possible, right? But now that's the baseline? Wow. Come on, man. That's, that's not achievable for most people. You know, so um, it's what I used to, so I used to have a lot more men's physique competitors and, 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 um, and bikini. Uh, well, bikini, we have the same, we have, we have the same, maybe more now, but men's physique, we used to have these posing classes. We have, I've had posing classes like every weekend for like, I don't know, since like 2010, like every weekend I spent doing a free posing class. And, um, is that free? Yeah, it's free posing class. Um, and then the men's physique would show up and we would have. I would sometimes have more men's physique guys than bikini. I'd have 15, sometimes 20 men's physique guys showing up. 
And they were like regular dudes with six packs, you know, like guys like me that are like, like to work out, they take it seriously. And they're like, once a year, I'm going to push myself and get, get shredded. And I'm like, that's cool, man. That's, I want to do that once a year too. You know, I think it's awesome. And then now they show up and there's like basically a professional bodybuilder of 1990 next to them at the class. And then they're like, dang, I'm tiny. Maybe I shouldn't do men's physique. And so they're blowing them out of the water. And like from, from, so as a coaching perspective, it's very hard to find good men's physique competitors because they basically need to be bodybuilders now, right? And there's how many guys fit the bodybuilding criteria, you know, yeah. it's very few. And then the, uh, from a, like from a sheer business perspective, how stupid is that to weed out your potential customer to the only the, the most genetically gifted in the, in the world, right? I mean, that's pretty, to me, it just seems really foolish. So what pushes it? What pushes the industry there? Like the judges. Yeah, the judges, they just keep pushing and accepting more muscle and accepting more muscle and accepting more muscle. And now we're here. And these guys, some of these men's physique guys are bigger than the classic physique guys. And it's like classic physique is a division above men's physique. You have guys that are in men's physique that can't make weight for classic physique. So they stay in men's physique. They couldn't make weight. Like you have, there's a weight class for for classic. They couldn't make it if they wanted. Like they're like 20 pounds above the weight class, but then they win men's physique shows. So I'm like, wait, you're too big for classic, but you're winning men's physique, which is a division smaller. That's crazy, you know? And wow. so, yeah, it's nuts. So that's what I, I would change that because I think it hurts the industry because it doesn't give anyone a starting, an entry-level place. Like bikini is an entry-level, and I hope they don't keep pushing it. They've been at, I will say with bikini, they've been holding it well for the last couple of years. But if you look at bikini now versus 2010, when I was destroying it, when it was super easy, 2011, way different like they're the bikini girls now are leaner they're leaner and they are some of them i would say a lot of them are more muscular than the figure girls were of like 2005 you know and so bikini is you know now it's already now the entry level for bikini got harder right so um that's what i would say i'd say create a division for everyone like even for the basic people like how it was originally intended because men's physique was originally intended to be like the beach body guy you know and now it's like it's a, it's a bodybuilder in board shorts, you know, it's crazy. They fill out their, the shorts are tight on these guys now. They're like yeah. full on quads are like stretching the, the board shorts. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, this is, this is the beach body who go to the beach, <laughs> see who looks like that on the beach. Cause I can tell you, you're going to different beaches than I am. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> not I, the normal one. When I go to the beach, I'm usually like, like at a regular beach, I'm usually like one of the fittest guys there. Right. And I'm not like crazy jacked or anything like that. I'm just, I work out. That's it. You know, but right. no one else does. Right. But that's what it's supposed to be, like the fitness guy. Like the guy, oh, he he works out a lot. Good for him, you know? Right. And then like he peaks once a year and we're good to go. But now it's like, you know, you can't even get on stage unless you've been training for six years. That's I mean, crazy. I think it's I think it's crazy, man. And I think it's a really it's not the smartest thing business wise, you know. Like, why would you want to shrink your entry level customer as like yeah. a, as like the business, you know? Um, you know, and then it's it's affecting it because my I don't even have men's physique posing classes anymore. I just stopped doing them. So a few people would show up. Yeah, it was, was like I was doing one-on-one sessions with the bodybuilder. That was like it. The people who'd show up would be like one guy. And if anyone did show up, it was it was very, like a lot of the guys, it was like unmotivating because they would see like, oh, yeah, I want to do men's physique. And they'd show up and they have the little muscle and they're getting started and they feel good. And then they get next to this guy who's like 60 pounds of muscle bigger than them. Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> um, what's what, like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. Like it's it's. And you see them, they're like, I got to look like that. I don't yeah. think I could run all the gear I wanted to in the world and look like that guy. Yeah. You know, and, um, and it's, and it happens all the time when like a men's physique pro will show up. You're like, 
Yeah, that's that's so that's ridiculous. That's the baseline. <laughs> that's baseline. I mean, it's like it's crazy. I've I've had like big bodybuilder men's physique guys, and they're like so they're like, oh yeah, he just needs more back. And I'm like, dude, he's so big. Like I don't I don't understand what you're talking about. So that would be the thing. I would say um, that would be the one thing I would change for sure. It, it does. It's frustrating. It's not just frustrating to me, but it's like it ma- it makes me a little sad because I don't. I'm not here for the money. You know, I don't really care about that. It's I'm here for the the competing and for everyone to like love fitness and right. to like have the experiences and stuff. And, you know, I think fitness is for everyone. And, um, when you get something like that and it's like, really, fitness isn't really for everyone in that situation, fitness is for the genetically blessed yeah. who've been working out dedicated and diligently for, you know, five plus years is, is that situation. So, yeah. Would you change that on the female side? We said it's it's pushing there. The bikinis they're pushing. It's them. not there yet. Yeah, it's not it's not at the men's physique level of starting point for an entry level bikini. Is it's hard, and I think it should be hard. I don't think it should just be any guy on the beach can walk with a you know fluffy stomach or something. Right. You know, I'm just saying. But what it, where it was in 2014, 13, you know, even like when it was 11 and 12 was a little soft, and I was like, ah, it's a little soft. I was happy with it, like 14, where it was a challenge. You know, the guys were shredded, but they weren't crazy big. I think shredded would be like the criteria. Right. Symmetrical, fair. good good balance, um, a little big, you know, a little bit of muscle on them, good size muscle, but not like bodybuilder, you know. But bikini's not there yet. No, bikini used to be a lot easier, but honestly, at the start of bikini, you could have gotten like any like good-looking waitress and said, hey, you should do a bikini show and train her for like a month, and she probably would do okay. So that's a little too easy too. Yeah. So it should be a bodybuilding show. It should be a challenge. Not a model search, basically. Yeah, you know? And uh, and so, but bikini, I just, I hope they keep it where it's at. It's been pretty steady for a couple of years. I hope with the new wellness division, they're gonna, it's going to help impact the bikini and keep it where it should be. But yeah, men's physique has been, has been bigger and bigger and bigger for so long that it's like, I don't even know if they can reel it back at this point or if they just have to create a new division. And if I, I hope they do and they create like a, that'd be cool if they create like a fitness model division or something which is the original men's physique, that'd be cool because it would, let, it would open the doors for so many people who want to do it. And it's not just that. Like when I was competing in men's physique, it was a, it was a tool for my business too. It wasn't just because I wanted to compete. It was because I needed to compete to get known in my local area to help get more clients and stuff. It's great and like, branding. Yeah. You know, so I did like 13 shows, you know, and um, I, I wanted to say like seven or eight shows in a year just trying to get my name out there and stuff when I moved from California to Denver. And um, it helped a lot, you know, and, and now it'd be like, if I did eight shows right now, they'd be like, why does this guy keep competing? He's got no muscle. <laughs> like, so it's, it's just, you know, I don't know. I just feel like that's the one thing that they've really overlooked. But Would you ever, I don't even know if you could, could you ever step over and be a judge and try to influence the future of the? I mean, division? I've judged before, but the, 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 here's a, here's the problem. The judges could only judge based on who shows up, right? So if the, if everyone. Like no conflict of interest. Yeah. Yeah. So basically if someone, whoever shows up, that's how they can judge. So if, oh, if this show, that. yeah, if this show, um, everyone knows now that they have to have a lot of muscle and be really shredded to be a good competitor. And so that's, who's going to show up. So what do they do? They pick the smallest guy every time. And so it gets weeded down and weeded down. I don't know how they fix it, you know? Yeah. And I don't know if that's what messed it up. You know, I don't want to blame hundred percent the judges, it could be the, the, I mean, well, the, the judge has been rewarding bigger and bigger, right? So I guess right. it is, it does come down to that at the end, but the competitor has been pushing it too, you know? And so, I mean, if, if a guy, 
were to win uh, men's physique and and he's you know he put on 10 pounds of muscle like what is he going to keep doing he's going to keep putting on 10 more pounds of muscle you know he's, he's, right i gotta get bigger gotta get bigger and that just wasn't why the division was created it was supposed to be you know fitness for everyone was the division fitness model was the thing right if you if you're if you look at what fitness models what they want from fitness models they don't want that yeah. they don't want these crazy jack guys because <laughs> no everyone knows they can't look like that so that's right. not what a fitness model is right. a fitness model should be just a little bit better than where you're at you know like yeah Whatever, wherever I can get, if I worked really hard for a year, a fitness model who's an actual model in magazines and whatnot, he should be a little bit better than that. Right. You know, that's it. Not like miles away. Not like Frank Zane. That's, that's the difference of bodybuilding and yeah. fitness modeling. And that's what men's physique is supposed to be, is fitness modeling. Right. And so it's like, it's, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So. That's very cool. <laughs> so what, what's the future of Team Elite Physique if in 10, 20, 30 years? What do you, where do you see the company going? Um, well, as a company, I, I don't even really think of it like that, you know? Um, all I, uh, like, honestly, that's a, it's, it's a hard scenario to like really think about because if I wanted to grow it, we could grow it. Like, that's not a problem, you know? I'm, I'm, I'm capable at this point of knowing what to take on and knowing what the tasks are to grow it more. But there's a certain point of like, there's like a recapture period of effort versus reward. And I think I'm, I've crossed that already. I think I've, I'm at that perfect balance of effort and reward. And I don't really want to get it any bigger. The only thing I want to do at this point is, is win as much as possible. And like, if there's a way to get our winning higher, then that's what I want to do without any growth. But I think growth organically happens when you win more. So it's sure. kind of like one of those, you know, things, but I don't want any more coaches per se. Um, I'm happy with the coaches we have. They're great. A lot of them have been with me years. Someone's been with me almost eight years. Um, wow. yeah, like I, they're all good. It makes my job easy. I'm not stressing myself out. You know, I don't need to stress myself out to make money. I don't need, you yeah. know, that's the thing is like money is great, but it comes with something. It comes with, it's not, it's never free. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's great. Everyone talks about the making the money part, but they don't talk about what it takes to make the money. Uh, and, you know, at a certain point you have enough, you know, you don't need more. And um, that's a weird thing to say, you know, from a guy wearing a capitalist shirt, but, <laughs> but, but, uh, but the, uh, I bore this because of the podcast it was like your financial podcast. <laughs> it's really it. funny. <laughs> um, but the, uh, no, but the thing is, like, when I was really young, I wanted, I was chasing money and I was really passionate about fitness. And it just kind of, those two went together and I was like, oh, I can make money in fitness. Oh, yeah. And let's see how I can make this work and make the sure. most money. Right. And then at a certain point, I realized in, you know, probably when I was like in my late 20s, I was like, when I work really, really hard, I have more money, but I still live the same, you know. And then I got into now I'm like 40. Um, and I, I got, to the point where, you know, I got, I accomplished everything I needed to. My house is paid off. My building's paid off and I don't really need a lot of money. I can get yeah. by a couple grand a month. And so now it really is like, okay, it has to be worth the effort to, to do it. You sure. know? And so now what I want is I want to make sure that all my coaches are making a great income and living a good life and having the same, the same luck I have, but being the, um, being the one that's the head of it and helping their lives is really cool. Like I have a, yeah, it's really rewarding. Um, they're buying houses. They're, 
they're getting opportunities, they're going places, they're getting sponsorships and stuff. And it's like this gateway that you kind of create that just kind of organically happens when you're doing such high volume and stuff. And, um, but yeah, that's like, I think, I mean, I want to say like five of them have houses now that are like bought a house and stuff. And it's like, it's cool because it's, because of this whole little dream you had, you know, yeah. and these people's lives are better from it and they love it and they love the job. And um, so I want to make sure that that always stays. So I'm never going to not work because I have to take care of them. I always have to make sure that there's that there's that. And then the athletes, they depend on me too. So there's never going to be a time where I could really, I could, I think I could like retire, retire, but I could work a little less, you know? Sure. Um, and then as far as the growth goes, I just want to make sure this is about this big. So there's still community. I don't want to get it smaller. And I want to make sure that in the local area, that we're like the most known team, but we're friendly to all teams and that other teams come and use our facility and we get to know all the 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 um the competitors in the area and they use our posing room and all that. And we kind of become like the mayors of the com- com- competition fitness. And that's kind of the goal is like now it's more so about like community than it is about growth. And so it's like stay here, but grow in other ways, grow in your wins, grow in the community. Um, be the go-to guys, you know, be the go-to guys for, for, for even if it's advice and, and free advice and stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Adam, thank you so much. I think it's been extremely helpful to coaches, um, for our listeners that want to reach out to you. Uh, how can they learn a little bit more of you and your company? Yeah, they can go to teamelitephysique.com and, or they can just follow on Team Elite Physique on anything. Um, youtube.com forward slash Team Elite Physique, Instagram Team Elite Physique. I think everything's Team Elite Physique, <laughs> but yeah, you can reach, reach out. Um, but yeah, that's basically it. That's it. That's it. Cool. And we'll have links to this in the show notes for all his Instagram and website. Um, but thank you so much, Adam, for joining us. Of course. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll talk to you later. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for joining us this week on building your wealth muscle. Make sure you visit our website, darbyba.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. While you're at it, if you found value, we'd appreciate a ratings on iTunes or simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us as well. For more information on the topics covered, you can follow Pat on Instagram at PatDarbyBiz. The download from this episode is available in the show notes. And if you want help building your wealth specifically, Pat Darby is currently taking private clients. The link to book a call is also in the show notes. Thank you again for listening and have a great day.